you know what that means. Yes, sirree, Bob. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woo-hoo! Yes, it's that time of the year where the sun shines through the blinds. Hello, you guys and gals and everybody. Um, let me get the chat room open, and I want to let you know right off the top of the bat that uh, one of my older daughters is posting pictures of the grandkids and keeps making my computer go ding. There it is again. Um, so that's disturbing. <laughs> uh, also, I want to let you know that I am sick. I woke up, uh, actually, I was working till 11 o'clock last night on a Sunday night and uh, was... About a quarter to 11, I started feeling sick. Now I can hear my voice in my own head rattling around. Uh, I woke up this morning with the sniffles and a little bit of a sore throat and a cold, and I'm on Dayquil and whatever that stuff is, the spray stuff. Um, Anyway, Turn off notifications. Eh, I don't turn off anything when I'm broadcasting. God only knows what'll happen, but thank you. Um, Anyway, uh, I'm excited about today's show. It's going to be challenging, not just because I'm a little under the weather, but this is a tough topic. Uh, And uh, I'm going to try and cover a lot of ground. So I want to let you know right at the top of the show that if I don't get through everything today, that I will, in fact, uh, do part two next week. Um, although I'm trying to squeeze in a field trip, uh, a remote taxi TV to a much beloved taxi member's home studio uh, that's not that far from here. Um, also, I want to let I'm going to show you guys something. <laughs> this is how fancy we are. Uh, my office got flooded last week. I think I mentioned that in the show last week. We had a lot of rain. The office got flooded, and so I've been through all kinds of moving stuff around and carpet cleaning and blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, I needed, I was getting a lot of reflections from the building across the little driveway area outside. And uh, so what do I do? What do I do? So I grabbed a bunch of album covers and I found it ironic that stuff that I worked on like 35, 40 years ago. um, I mean, those are, there's Stills Young, Long May You Run, Neil Young Comes a Time, Neil Young, I can never remember the name of this one. Let's see. Hawks and Doves. Neil Young, Hawks and Doves. Got a few songs on that one. Firefall and Rust Never Sleeps. And now here we are all those years late, all these years later, and they are working as sunshades. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I ever worked with that that's what their records get used for. Um, <laughs> anyway. I saved the really good stuff, left it outside uh, on a desk out in the hallway, a little like workspace. Didn't want to bring in the super duper ones. Uh, anyway, okay. So today, advertising music. We did run a couple of listings. Where is this? Music for Advertising Explained. We ran a couple of listings. We ran one last week. The original listing was taxi number U170125ES. And then uh, the gentleman from the music house that was looking for the music for the ad agency said, nah, didn't really hear anything spectacularly on target for what I was looking for. Um, there was one that was kind of in the ballpark, but can we run it again? And we've got to run it on an even tighter timeline. 
which was already like a I think the first one maybe we put out there for 48 hours and the second one we put out there for about 36 hours or something um, anyway so we did some scrambling here and it was extremely hard to write these listings uh, on the first one what we did was we just largely quoted the notes that uh, we got from the music house who got them from the ad agency um, something that we don't often do is just put the information right out there obviously we didn't tell you guys which ad agency it was um, but uh, I'll, I'll read the listings later when I play you the music and I'm gonna play some forwards and hopefully some returns from both of those um, and I will read the listings in full man that sunlight is driving me crazy anyway uh, I want to make you guys aware of how many people involved in the food chain uh, of advertising music can, can be involved in making the decision and so I started just writing this thing like an hour ago and was writing feverishly typos in all um, and uh, I, I hope this is okay I thought it was kind of funny when I was writing it but it's true this is an amalgamation of stuff that I have actually been involved with in my lifetime for those of you who don't know, before I started Taxi, uh, I used to work at the world's busiest and largest audio post facility uh, that did mainly TV commercials all day, every day. I mean, we had six rooms when I started working there, and I think nine when I left. Worked with the Who's Who of Madison Avenue, and uh, very, very high-level stuff all the time. So I'm pretty well-versed in the ad music thing. Um, and have been involved in you know ever since um, every time that we've run listings for ad agencies uh, I always kind of interpret what they're looking for from their briefs so let's see uh, it, it's very different choosing music for advertising than it is for film and TV very different um, in many cases there isn't even a music supervisor involved in a TV commercial although some of the bigger ad agencies now maybe have a head of music or some percentage of them have a head of music uh, on staff. Sometimes they have young hipsters that are in their 20s that are like, hey, this is the cool stuff now. And, and then they default to the stuff that'll work in the flyover states in the end. So who knows? But picking music for a TV show is done by seasoned professionals that are either a music supervisor, a music editor, or a video editor who has years of experience choosing music on a weekly basis. So there's a lot to be said for repetition because you develop a, a skill set in a, a like a tempo and a rhythm that you work at. Picking music for a TV commercial can be done by any number of people who are involved in the making of the commercial. And here's a list of likely participants. And this was just off the top of my head. I haven't even gone back and proofed this thing. So it could be horrible. By the way, hello to all of you guys. And I want to say, if Matt Vanderbo is in the audience today, Matt, I got this card more than a week ago. I keep meaning to call you. Thank you. You have no idea how much this warmed my heart. Um, and uh, I, nah, I'm not going to show you, but Matt included, because uh, I haven't talked to him about it yet, but he included a photograph of his last quarterly check with a basically a big hug for taxi saying thank you because of taxi I got that check and I was able to quit my day job so um, Mojo says it's us usually a committee a committee or a chain um, sometimes a combination thereof anyway 
So people that could be involved in, I'm just going to have to live with the sunshine uh, until the sun moves across the horizon out there and over the mountain. Um, here's a likely list of participants off the top of my head. The VP of advertising at the company whose product it is. The creative director at the ad agency. The account director at the ad agency. That's the person who's the liaison to the company you know, uh, from the ad agency. The copywriter at the ad agency, maybe a couple of assistant copywriters. Um, the producer at the ad agency who is tasked with getting the commercial done. Um, the assistant to any of those people. Usually there are assistants for all of those people and they are involved in this whole process. The person who does the audio post on the TV commercial um, is usually pretty well involved in this stuff. Um, at least that was my experience. Uh, it was not unusual for an ad agency, a team of people to walk in and say, got any ideas for music? Uh, of course, that was years ago. Um, the video editor at the post house that does the TV spot, I mean, you'd be shocked. Sometimes a really simple commercial can take two or three weeks of editing. Um, and, and a lot of times it's the editor working on the TV commercial that will actually suggest or choose the music. Um, could be a freelance producer who they brought in um, to oversee the production on the producing side of the commercial, not necessarily the post-production side. It could be a post-production supervisor who works on the commercial that has something or a lot to do with the choice of music. Can be family members and friends of the people at the ad agency. Bigger influence than you might think. Family members and friends of the people in the advertising company whose product uh, the commercial is for. In other words, if it's Porsche or United Airlines or look I've got a prop today could be Continental Airlines that's a triple seven right there uh, that's on my desk this week because of the flood last week oh look the Sun is moving right into my face awesome um, let's see who else do I have on my list um, an independent music supervisor hired by the ad agency any number or any one of a number of people at a music house that specializes in ad music. The VP of advertising at the company whose product is the focus of the commercial. Uh, oh, I'm going back to the top of the list now. So let's pretend for argument's sake that the product we're talking about in this hypothetical but based largely on my own personal experience and years of it, let's say that our hypothetical product today is beer. So we have the vice president of advertising at the beer company who would be involved in this. The VP of advertising might uh, involve his spouse, uh, his or her spouse, or the children in the family in the process of picking the music during a casual family conversation that might go something like this. Dad, I can't believe you, you want to use that Rolling Stone song. They're so ancient. You should use something like Calvin Harris's song, This Is What You Came For, featuring Rihanna. Got it? Beer, this is what you came for. Beer, get it, Dad? The dad thinks a 16-year-old, and that's that. Oh, I should watch my... How's my audio? That's that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, you know, the conversation's over. Everybody goes back to their previous stuff after dinner. And six months later, the beer company budgets and tasks its ad agency with making a new commercial, new commercial for the next Super Bowl, which is coming up. The ad agency has some ideas and some storyboards pitched by several of their top creative people, including copywriters and art directors. So they gather all this stuff up. It kind of goes through this internal pecking order and vetting. 
and the best of the best are picked by the ad agency's creative director, um, certainly the creative director assigned to that beer account, who then shows them to the account director, who is the ad agency's liaison to the beer company. Not necessarily a creative person, but because they're the liaison, they're kind of overseeing the whole thing. So the, even though they're not technically creative, they do get involved, is my experience. <coughs> Um, sorry, going to get a lot of that today. Um, his or her job is to make sure that the, the client is happy and that they don't take their $50 million account to another ad agency. Uh, yes, love that son. Together, the creative director and the account director pitch the possible ads, usually done in storyboard form or maybe, maybe animatic form, which is kind of like, they almost look like comic book drawings that move like that. They go frame, not frame by frame, like 10 frames, uh, you know, a second or something, but almost like still shots that just kind of move up. And it goes uh, scene by scene, act by act or whatever, however they break it out. Um, but it looks like a comic book a little bit. Um, and, and they look at these things and they go, okay, we like this one, that one, and the other one. And then they try to convince the VP from the beer company to go with the one that they, the ad agency people, think will win them the most Addy awards. But the VP goes with the one that's the safest usually and the least likely to get him or her fired. So the ad agencies, in my experience, tend to have one agenda, which is look at us, we're so cool, we do this really cutting edge, really awesome stuff. Um, and they want to win awards because when they win awards, they can put those awards all over their website and that helps them get other $50 million clients. So you can't blame them for wanting to win awards and you can't blame them for wanting to be creative. On the other hand, the company, let's in this case, the hypothetical beer company, they're not so much interested in the ad agency winning awards as they are selling more beer. That is the bottom line to all advertising or should be selling more product. Um, do I, I'm looking around, do I have Kleenex nearby? I may have to run out for some Kleenex today. Um, okay, so the ad agency does several more mock-ups uh, that take sometimes months and months and countless revisions. I remember doing audio posts on revision after revision after revision after revision of animatics, these cartoon-like things that, like for a Hertz commercial years ago, I was amazed by how many um, revisions they did always trying to perfect everything. So during the course of that, they often temp in some music that somebody somewhere in the chain goes, well, that might be good. Could be the person editing the animatics on a Mac laptop, could be the vice president of creative uh, or the creative director. So the VP at the beer company mentions that he likes the idea of using music from the Rolling Stones in the commercial because they represent this cool, edgy, alternative lifestyle. Now. Uh, remember, this person is probably like in his 60s maybe. So to him, the Rolling Stones are cool and edgy. Um, the ad agency people grin and bear it because that, that means the people um, that are meeting in the conference room with the guy who is the VP of advertising from the beer company and they grin and they bear it and they're trying to keep them happy. So they temp in the song Satisfaction because that would be cool for beer. Six weeks later, when the VP of the beer company um, gets a rough cut of the commercial, he plays it for his boss, the CEO of the beer company, who's 67 years old and loves the Rolling Stones. Thank you, Bria. Bria just brought me Kleenex. Yay. 
I mean tissues, can't say Kleenex because that would be a product endorsement on Taxi TV. He loves the commercial. The, the CEO loves the commercial. Um, he's also in his 60s. The CEO of the beer company is in his 60s. He loves the Rolling Stones. Of course, he goes to all their shows. He's got all their records. And uh, he loves the commercial that he sees, the rough cut, and he loves the song Satisfaction in there. So now we've got what's called Temp Love. The people at the ad agency freak out because now they have to reach out to the Rolling Stones and try and license what I'm guessing might be one of the most expensive and impossibly hard to license songs of all time, right? Okay. The Stones tell them they want a million bucks. I'm just pulling these numbers out of thin air, folks. Uh, tell them they want a thousand bucks to license the master recording and another million to license the composition or the copyright. Uh, and that's just for a six-week run. So if it rolls over again, it goes for another six weeks, then they're going to want another two million bucks. The ad agency tells the VP of the beer company, he tells his boss, the Stones loving CEO, and the CEO goes berserk. Tell those fossils I'll give them a half a million bucks all in and not a penny more, he's heard to say. The ad agency then hires an outside music supervisor to negotiate the deal on behalf of the ad agency. The music soup knows that it's unlikely that she's going to get satisfaction at any bargain basement price, so she does what all good music supervisors do. She quietly reaches out to Taxi and a few high-end composers and maybe a few high-end music licensing companies or libraries to see if they've got anything that sounds close to the song Satisfaction, but not close enough that anybody's going to get sued over it. Then the music supervisor keeps the best of the bunch on her iPhone just sitting in her backpack or her purse or wherever. It just sits there in reserve, let's say. Three weeks later, when the Super Bowl is just around the corner, the ad agency goes into panic mode. They call a creative meeting with all hands on deck, including the creative director, the account director, the ad agency CEO, the music supervisor, the commercials editor, the copywriter, the assistant copywriter, the assistant uh, to the CEO, the CEO him or herself, the post audio mixer, a musicologist, and an attorney. Together, they hatch a plan to tell the beer companies, uh, oh, sorry, the CEO wasn't in that meeting yet. Together, they hatch a plan to tell the beer company's stones-loving CEO that Mick and the boys won't budge for under two million bucks. They have another meeting the next day and break the news and try and salve the CEO's ego by playing him the sound-alikes that the um, prescient music supervisor had on her phone uh, and found from those external sources. And they get the blessings of the musicologist and the music attorney that they're not ripping off or infringing the copyright of the Rolling Stones. And everybody goes, whoop, okay, let's play that music. So the CEO hates them all. <laughs> and freaks out and tells his subordinates to get Mick Jagger on the phone. Mick has dinner on the beer CEO's yacht in the Hamptons two days later, but he hangs tough. The CEO gets a good photo out of the deal, but Mick hates the food and goes home empty-handed, no check. Sunday night at dinner, the VP of advertising tells his family about the whole mess, and his daughter once again says, Daddy, I'm telling you, you should use Calvin Harris's song, This Is What You Came For, featuring Rihanna. Monday morning, the VP of the beer company tells the account director and the creative director at the ad agency that they should get a song by Rihanna for the commercial. 
They know time is short, so they reach out to the music supervisor that the ad agency hired, and they say, can you get us a song that sounds like Rihanna? The music supervisor reaches out to her usual sources and sends out a brief, which is a description not unlike a taxi listing, just usually much more vague, um, asking for Rihanna-style songs, knowing that time is short and that they need music that's going to clear in a hurry and not have to go through another negotiation nightmare that will end up in an epic fail. So Taxi runs a listing asking for Rihanna-style songs for a beer commercial, because that's what we're tasked to do. That's annoying. Taxi's members get really excited. How can I avoid that? <laughs> Dear gosh. Okay, uh, Taxi's members get really excited. The majority of the people who submit think that they've got the one and only song that's absolutely perfect for the request, and the placement would pay $60,000. They are beyond excited. The music supervisor gets a few dozen highly curated submissions in total from Taxi and a few other favorite resources, including pro music houses and a couple of high-end music libraries, maybe a couple of composers they've worked with before, maybe even a favorite band. Uh, most of those sound like the song Stay, featuring Mickey Echo, because that was arguably Rihanna's biggest hit, certainly one of them. The music supervisor plays those songs for the ad agency. They pick three, they sync them to the commercial, and then they play them for the B VP of advertising from the beer, com beer company, okay? So it's gone from the music resources to the supervisor to the ad agency. The ad agency narrows it down to three with picture, then they play that stuff for the VP of the beer company with picture. They sound so impressive that the panic-stricken VP of the beer company picks the one that he thinks is best. He's happy because he thinks he's being cutting edge by using something contemporary. His daughter has an OMG moment because she knows her dad is an idiot, but hey, she got to pick the style of the music for a Super Bowl commercial. Doesn't get much better than that. She blabs about it on Instagram and immediately gets grounded for a minute by her daddy. No BMW convertible to drive to school tomorrow for that kid. The VP of the beer company, proudly calls a meeting with his team and the CEO of the beer company the very next day. So now they're three days away from the Super Bowl and the commercial airing. Okay. Uh, the CEO of the beer company freaks out and yells, get me that skinny little bastard on the phone, meaning Mick Jagger. But before anybody calls Mick, the music supervisor suggests that they listen to the soundalikes that she's been toting around on her phone for some number of weeks. The CEO hates all of them and says something like, if I wanted knockoffs, I'd go to China and get them, you idiots. Four hours before the Super Bowl, the deal is finally struck, and the Rolling Stones license satisfaction for $5 million for a one-year deal with the beer company. Okay, so it's basically as many times as they want to put it out there in a year, $5 million bucks. And again, I'm just pulling numbers out of thin air. The ad agency is eventually fired. The beer company's VP mysteriously retires early. Taxi's members are pissed off that their Rihanna songs and blues rock songs didn't get used in the mystery commercial, and they blame taxi screeners for not knowing what good music sounds like. I sit at home and watch the Super Bowl for an entirely different reason than millions of other people. And that's just one way that music gets picked for TV commercials.
It could have been scored. They could have hired somebody to compose it, scored a picture. Could have been sourced for 500 bucks from a music library. Although it's ironic to me personally that um, ad agencies 10 years ago were absolutely loath to use stuff from music libraries. And now it's like they've discovered this new resource. Wow, music library, I can get music for 500 bucks instead of 50,000 bucks. So they do use music from libraries. Uh, or it could have been the VP of advertising's daughter's boyfriend's band. Anything is a possibility. So the moral of this story is all this stuff can and does happen. Everything I just told you in my little story, I've seen stuff remarkably close to that happen with my own eyes and have been involved in the, that sequence of events, you know, in so many words. But don't ever give up because the good news is we've had taxi members get their music and TV commercials either directly through us or through music libraries that got the music from taxi. The payments of the members have ranged from as little as 500 bucks to as much as 60,000 bucks. And I think the fee, if I remember this correctly, I didn't have time to go back and research, but we had one member that got something in a commercial that got like 65,000 bucks about eight years ago for a commercial that I personally didn't think was all that good. Um, and it ended up, the commercial ended up not airing, but the member got paid 65,000 bucks uh, for the music. Yay, member. We were happy about that. Um, I can Taxi member Bob Meddy uh, had a solo piano thing that uh, ended up in a, a good library through Taxi. And if I'm not mistaken, it's been licensed twice at 30 grand a pop, which was split with the library um, for like an SD Lauder commercial a couple times and maybe some in-store promo stuff as well. Anyway, solo piano. Yay. Yay, Bob Meddy. Um, so now, with all that said, Let's look at the two listings for the same commercial that we ran last week. So in its first iteration, we thought that the most prudent thing, as I said before, was to just give our members the information directly from the brief that we got from the music house because we didn't think that the example given lined up very well with the adjectives the, that the ad agency gave the guy from the music house. And I want to let you know, the gentleman at the ad music company is somebody who's highly experienced and a very smart guy who's been doing this for a long time and certainly has had a lot of placements and knows what he's doing. So it wasn't like we were dealing with some buffoon on the other end. It's far from it. Um, so even I uh, got that in there, said that already, um, but we just didn't think the information jived. Um, but it was all we had to go on and all that the music house had to go on. So when he got the music, a taxi selected, he said one piece was kind of close, but not close enough. And the other 10 that we sent were not. Um, and he was as frustrated as we were by the whole thing. Um, but we were all going on the absolute best information that he could get from the ad agency. Uh, it's not like they had some secret stuff they were withholding or anything that he was withholding, that being the ad music company, was withholding from us. Um, so in the end, he sent nothing to the ad agency, and he was really dying to send something to them. So after the first batch was heard by him, he asked us to run the listing again, which is not unusual sometimes. People, you know, it's not like taxi finds exactly the right thing every time for every listing. Um, sometimes we send nothing. If we don't have anything that we think 
fits the brief, we're not going to send them stuff that we think, eh, you know, this is pretty good, let's send it anyway, because it'll just piss them off, frankly. Um, so after the first batch was heard by him, he asked us to run the listing again, this time on an even tighter deadline. It was already really tight. So what we did was we called this gentleman up um, and had a conversation. He was actually in his car in Australia, 19 hours ahead of us. So it was like a day later there. Um, we spent a good 20 minutes or more on the phone with him with a, a team of, let's see, I think three or four of us in my office on the phone with this gentleman in Australia just trying to read the tea leaves because it's not like there was really more information to get from the ad agency. So we passed those notes that we came up with during this conversation where we were reading the tea leaves, um, like word for word along to our taxi members in the second version of the listing. From that batch of submissions, the gentleman at the ad music company found some material that he passed along to the ad agency. Um, but because of the time difference, the weekend, uh, getting ready for today's show and my office getting flooded last week, frankly, I don't even know how many were sent by him to the ad agency and which day they were sent on because, frankly, the whole time differential is screwing me up. So I'm going to read you the first listing and then play you some forwards and returns. And for those of you who are paying attention closely today, for that first listing, it was taxi number U170125ES. We had 167 submissions, which frankly surprised, I think, all of us because there's a really short timeline on that thing. Um, and of those 167 submissions, there were 11 songs that were forwarded. So that first listing read as follows. Uh, I'm looking in the chat room. People are talking about Guinness beer. I'm glad everybody's paying attention. <laughs> All right. Um, where'd that listing go? Here it is. Okay. Female empowerment songs with female vocals are urgently needed by a music licensing company for a $2,200 or $22,000 we rounded. Um, exclusive placement in a TV commercial in Australia. They're eagerly hunting for mid to up-tempo songs that would work for what our client describes in his email to us, colon, and quoting, this is for a commercial that would be about a movement that encourages girls to support girls by motivating, encouraging, and helping each other. Together we're better, stronger, more resilient. They're looking for a track by preferably a female artist or group um, that talks to this ethos in the lyrics. They're not looking for a pop Beyonce style track. Important to remember that. They're not looking for a pop Beyonce style track. They want something with more grit. Really important to remember that, with more grit and determination. The reference track that they're looking for, whoops, the reference track they're using is the Ryan Adams version, the Ryan Adams version of Shake It Off, as it evokes the right feeling. But they're looking for something more up-tempo. Now, I want to mention, I can't play the Ryan Adams version on the show because if I do and then I put it up on YouTube, they'll just mute the whole episode. Um, but it's like a moody, contemporary, acoustic-y version of shake it off. It's not the bouncy pop version that we all know, um, as done originally by Taylor Swift, obviously. Um, 
the fee is an estimated $30,000 in uh, Australian dollars, uh, about 22,000 US dollars for a 12 month exclusive use for all media, including the composition and master use rights with a possible 12 month rollover, meaning they might want to license it again for another year. So here's the Ryan Adams version of Shake It Off. They do not want you to clone it. We think they're more interested in having you grasp the grit and the vibe. That was explained to us that this grit factor was important. Remember, they want something more up-tempo than this. And as I explained, the Ryan Adams version is like a moody acoustic singer-songwriter thing. Um, do not copy or rip off the reference artist or song in any way, shape, or form. Use it only as a guide for texture, tone, and vibe. Broadcast quality is needed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then there's a note about this company normally does a non-exclusive deal. However, if your song is selected for this TV commercial at the ad agency, will require a 12-month exclusive use for all media. That's really kind of par for the course. They don't want to put something in a commercial and then have it show up in other commercials or wherever. Um, so sometimes they'll restrict you from putting in commercials or sometimes all forms of media for the, the term of the deal. Um, estimated license fees, 30K, as I said, in Australian dollars, blah, blah, blah. So that's all kind of boilerplate stuff. So from that, again, we got 167 submissions and we forwarded 11 songs. Okay. Um, And I'm just making sure I'm in the right place on my page here. So I had the staff put together a, uh, just I said, pick three forwards and three returns. So I gave no agenda other than that. And the staff had no hidden agenda or any personal favorites or anything like that. This is just literally pick three forwards, three things that were forwarded by taxi for this and three things that were not forwarded for it. So I'm not going to mention any names. Um, we don't want to embarrass anybody. And like I said, there were 11 things forwarded first time around. Only one of them really came close. Um, I'm going to play you pieces of the three that were forwarded. And I would say that in many cases, think of the chorus. So I'll go as far as the chorus in each one. The chorus is probably the, the part that was used or would have been used. Remember, the listing, uh, the ad agency asked for something with grit, but 
the confusing part to us and the Music House in Australia was the Ryan Adams version really didn't have any grit. Maybe they were using it as a poor choice of adjective? We tried to find out, but to no avail for us or the Music House. Um, grit? From the Ryan Adams acoustic thing? Not so much. Not gritty. I, when I think of gritty, I think of, you know, gravel in the vocal cords, um, a chain smoker, a heavy drinker, uh, somebody really belting it. So anyway, this was a good song, but didn't have grit, but it got forwarded by the um, taxi screener, probably based on some of the lyric having something to do with female empowerment. Um, and, and we weren't being ultra, ultra picky because we were trying to give the gentleman on the receiving end a little leeway. Um, so there you go. So, uh, okay, that was the first of three that I'm going to play you. And then this is the second one. Make your bed, don't sleep in it, keep your head straight. Your home bar box at your will on it, keep those good ways. I always played by the rules. stuff that wasn't forwarded yet by the way but we will uh, at least three of them okay and this is the third one uh, I should mention the first one is called world keeps spinning second one is called better than this the third one is called braver and that's the one we're gonna hear right now when you feel like you walk into you and when you are afraid but you're so good at pretending Nobody's listening to your song And they can't sing
so that was the third one. That was we just heard three out of eleven that were forwarded. Um, now I'm looking at the clock. I might have had time to play more, but sorry about that. I didn't think I would. Uh, so I personally, based on my vast amount of experience with advertising and advertising music, I would have heard the first three seconds of that and killed it. Not because it was a bad song. It was good. I liked the singer. I liked the sound. Like a lot of stuff about it. it wasn't right for a commercial. It was kind of introspective or thoughtful, and it was slow. Um, although, well, they did say mid to up tempo, and that was barely mid tempo, but it just doesn't sound like music that you would expect to hear in a commercial, or a commercial more specifically about empowerment of either gender. It, you know, empowerment is like, yeah, we can do this, right? We're all in this together. Let's lock arms, you know? That wasn't an arm-locking song right there. So, okay, so those were three forwards, and that was for U170125ES. Now let's listen to some stuff that was not forwarded. And uh, this was all public stuff, so, you know, we're not playing anything secret that we shouldn't be playing. And it's not to embarrass anybody, frankly. I don't know, maybe these are great songs. Let's see. Um, but it wasn't forwarded, so let's find out why they weren't. People, don't you know where you're going? People, don't you know what you're doing? People, don't you know what you're seeing? Don't you know what to believe in? People, don't you know what you're saying? People, don't you know who you're playing? People, don't you know that you're dreaming? You don't even know what to believe in. If you let me in, you can be my friend. If you let me in, I've been defended for you. So that was one that was not forwarded. Um, not bad, uh, but it's about boy. Uh, it's a woman talking to a boy. Um, it's a, I guess you could construe it to be female empowerment in that regard, but it, it would be testing that theory, I would think. Next one is called Hey Girl. Let's have a listen to that. Hey girl, there are people who promise you the world. A bright illusion that'll blind you, yeah, for sure. 
Don't let them, won't let them, gotta shake them off easy for the living gets hard In time, you will learn to live with these that you will find How to let it go and never stop trying Don't stop, it won't stop, it gotta keep your intuition in the front of your mind Let me watch you, yeah let me watch you Let me watch you accomplish what they say you couldn't do Let me watch you, yeah let me watch you Let me watch you accomplish what they say you couldn't do Hey girl, hey girl didn't do a bad job uh, I mean this is really more of a demo it's a guitar vocal I wouldn't think that it would work all that well for a TV commercial um, and it had kind of a a little bit of a Beyonce phrasing uh, style but it was cool and kind of contemporary and cool but not right for a TV commercial and there was something lyrically um, uh, I can't remember I think it was like hey boy hey girl and it just it sounded like a relationship thing, not, uh, where was it? Uh, this is for a commercial that will be about a movement that encourages girls to support girls by motivating, encouraging, and helping each other. Together we're better, stronger, more resilient, and not really nailing it with that. Okay, so now we're moving on to the third one from the stuff that didn't get forwarded, and this is called Nice Girl. example you know in a lot of listings uh, stick to one theme throughout or one mood um, or even one genre one tempo 
that was like the two for one sale right there you get two songs for the price of one um so yeah there were several reasons why that wouldn't work but you know even the stuff that doesn't get forwarded is still not bad um and by the way you guys come on no politics in the chat room on this show we just don't do that here you can talk politics in a million other places but not on taxi tv um okay so we were frustrated the person at the music house was frustrated um where did my other notes go holy smokes oh there it is okay so that was the first listing now remember we got a an email from the gentleman who we like a lot and we think is very smart and he says come on you need to give me something that zeroes in on this a little better and we went how we took your actual words which you mostly got from the ad agency and put them out there as they were and this is how people interpreted it because the example didn't have any grit <laughs> get the listing asked for grit um okay so he goes yeah i know i'm you know frustrated we spent 20 minutes on the phone talking and as i said excuse me um we put out the second listing in a big hurry um three or four of us in the meeting with the gentleman in australia and then after the listing was written three or four of us checked it out to make make sure that it made sense before we hit the send button so this thing w was vetted uh, very carefully so uh, second listing went out saying the company in Australia didn't fall in love with the music they got for the female empowerment songs listing for 30,000 blah 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 I don't need to repeat that um, they've asked us to run another listing the ad agency is in the we'll know it when we hear it which was an actual quote from Australia we will know it when we hear it um, sounds like dinner time at the aforementioned ad agent or beer companies uh, dinner table <laughs> a little bit we'll know it when we hear it mode which makes it hard for us to describe what they need for you however we just got off the phone with Australia um, we just got off the phone with Australia and we squeezed them really hard for more information I mean there wasn't any more information really to get we just had to think it through with him we had I think one or two members like oh you guys should have given us that information in the first go-round um, it really wasn't much new information there wasn't any new information it was just us putting our heads together with the gentleman from Australia to read the tea leaves is the best way I can describe it okay so uh, no when we hear it uh, this is what we got from that conversation and I'm quoting here something not slick or commercial sounding more indie sounding and very contemporary but not pop so that that's a little tough to do too because a lot of much of contemporary music these days is pop but okay very contemporary but not pop um they want grit and attitude in the spirit of the song and in the vocal delivery we asked them if they'd want to hear sort of a modern indie version this is just us trying to guess at what they were looking for a modern indie version of what an artist like melissa etheridge who i think we'd all agree is pretty darn gritty uh would do from an instrumentation perspective remember they don't want pop and they said yeah that kind of grit and power but not melissa etheridge's 80 cents so something contemporary that has her kind of grit and power still with us keep reading quoting again up-tempo power acoustic based indie modern not dated so that's a bit of a summary up-tempo 
power acoustic based, indie, modern, and not dated. Lyrics, and I bolded this, uh, girl power, not singular, I mean girls power, possessive, not singular, girl power. So it's not about me, it's about all of us girls having this power, being empowered together. Think of what a team or group of strong young women would have in their song slash lyric if they were making the point that they're unstoppable, all in this together. Nobody can stop us now. Being a girl, this was fresh information that we did get from that phone call, um, but this was the gentleman at the music company interpreting the ad agency's um, stuff. Being a girl in 2017 is empowering and a strong place to be. Okay, so it's not like a major breakthrough, but a little tidbit of information. Um, this is for a commercial. It'll be about a movement that encourages girls to support girls, which we had in the last thing, by motivating, encouraging, and helping each other. Together, we're better, stronger, and more resilient. So that sentence, that paragraph, short paragraph, really sums it up nicely, I think. So there you go. We guarantee that nobody else on the planet has this much detailed info. can pretty much guarantee that. By the way, they're not looking for country songs. Um, they can't even tell us what genre would work because quoting uh, anything could work, we'll know it when we hear it. Welcome to the world of advertising music. So then I go back into the boilerplate stuff about the structure of the deal and said, if you submit it for taxi listing number, and I gave out the previous listing number, don't submit the same stuff for this one. Um, and also, we had tons of people calling saying, can you please extend the deadline? And we did in a few cases on the first go round, but that really messed us up, frankly. Because um, remember, everybody's like, you know, I couldn't export my music, or I had a bad connection on the internet, or the dog ate my homework, all these different excuses. We had a hard deadline in Australia, which was 19 hours ahead of us, so we had to work hard to get that stuff out. So we said for the second one, we cannot extend the deadline for this listing, even by a minute, and we're sorry for that. Um, okay, so that's the information we had for the second go-round. And now let us listen. Um, so this one was a forward on the second batch, and this is called Be Free. I have no idea what this sounds like. Let's find out. Does it? 
right, so that was song called Be Free. That one was forwarded. Uh, yes, I saw people making comments that the vocal was a little far back in the mix, but nonetheless, we were grasping at straws, and it had some other attributes that it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, we'll take a shot with this one. Just to show you the taxi is sometimes more lenient and more forgiving than you guys might think we are. Uh, I think a lot of people think that we're sitting around going, ha another heart to break. <laughs> Not the case. All right, uh, next one is called Ready, Aim, Fire. Let's have a listen to Ready, Aim, Fire, see what that's all about. Personally, if I read the screener on that one, it would have felt too slow, maybe a little plotting. Um, by the way, I should mention, I know the screener that did this stuff. We used, I believe, the same screener for all of them, and, I mean, meaning both of them. And he was a guy. He heard all the songs. And it's somebody who's been on the show before, somebody who I would say is, you know, a top 10 percenter of all-time taxi screeners from day number one 25 years ago so I I, I'm, <laughs> I didn't talk to this gentleman after this uh, was all over but I would not have wanted to be the screener on this this was tough um, uh, Robbie Hancock says says this batch is definitely more gritty yep absolutely um, okay the next one is called stronger growing pains in parentheses Let's have a listen to that. personal favorite 
I don't know about you guys, but uh, I thought that was well done. You know what that one had? Uh, it had emotional grit. Uh, remember the part of the listing where we were quoting the good folks in Australia? Uh, movement that encourages girls to support girls by motivating, encouraging, helping each other. Together we're better, stronger, more resilient. That made me see 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000 ladies all locked arms together being strong, right? That one, um, that to me had grit. It wasn't Joan Jett gritty, but it was emotionally gritty. Um, and Polly asked a question a minute ago. It scrolled by already, but it was something to the effect of for commercials, do they want the vocal up front and, you know, to be made important or do they want it? pulled back so that the voiceover or dialogue can be heard depends on the spot. I, I don't think there's a hard, fast rule on that. Sometimes, uh, you know, for a, uh, what I call a girl's night out commercial where there are uh, a bunch of young women dressed nicely, putting on uh, makeup, getting ready to go out and dance the night away and have a good time. You want something that's very beat driven and sounds like a party is about to happen. Um, I don't think there would be a lot of dialogue in a spot like that. Uh, it would be a lot of quick cuts showing getting ready to, or going out and actually partying and dancing. In that case, you'd want it to sound like a record. There are other times where maybe the voiceover would be up and you want the music really far in the background, um, but it still has to carry the, the emotional feel of the spot. So in that case, it's probably more about the melody and the beat and, and not so much. Uh, you don't want the vocal to distract from the dialogue. So it's one or the other. Um, we will write you a song. It says, Paulie, in my experience with the ads, they always want an instrumental and they want to use uh, that. Well, yeah, there's a thing called a donut in, in especially radio commercials, but TV commercials as well, where could be that it starts out with the vocal up front in the first, you know, five, six, seven to 10 seconds. And then when the voiceover comes in, in the middle of the 30 second spot, um, you'd want to just go to instrumental so that the voiceover can be the center, the focal point uh, of the commercial, and then maybe wrap it up with an exclamation point or underscoring the, the message by bringing the vocal back in loud and proud at the end. So yeah, all those things are uh, possibilities. And yes, that one was in fact forwarded. That one was called Stronger Growing Pains, my personal favorite. Okay, so now we're going to listen to three of the returns. Um, and remember, on this one, we had 85 submissions and nine forwards, so roughly 10%. Uh, on the previous one, we had 167 submissions and 11 forwards. So in total, we had like 250, where's that number? Two hundred and fifty-two submissions and twenty forwards. So whatever that is, probably like eight percent of the stuff got forwarded in total between the, the two listings and all the submissions. All right, so this one was a return and this is called Forever Stars. Dead head boy and wasted weeds. Every 
relationship a me you boy girl doesn't work for that reason uh, now we're gonna play just do you starship earth in the sky tonight raining down and it's his right all life stops riding by when I'm by your side take me to your world I'll go to where I wanna run away someday someday Even when they suck, they don't suck. And I actually don't think they suck. I'm just saying that even the stuff that doesn't get forwarded is oftentimes very good. Um, this was a case I'm listening to. I was listening to that one and uh, I was thinking, this is kind of cool. I, I'm, you know, just because you hear one line go by that identifies something as a relationship song doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue listening because there may be that could be in a verse there may be a chorus or they may there may be a, an extended line in a chorus or half a chorus that accomplishes the lyrical goal or could be interpreted to mean that it's not about me and you boy and girl relationship so it's always worth not tossing something out mentally or or you know, in any way, shape, or form, until you've been through enough of it to know. Don't prejudge. That's what I'm saying. Okay, number 12. Um, this one is called Good Girls. So this is the third one that was not forwarded for this.
identify the problem pretty quickly on this one it's a little too slow and it is in fact country when it said somewhere in there um, and I guarantee if the person who submitted this is watching they're kicking themselves in the butt right now somewhere in this listing it's said there you go we guarantee you that nobody else on the planet has this much detailed info which I feel pretty sure about by the way, they are not looking for country songs. We even capitalize country. <laughs> they are not looking for country songs. Um, and this is pretty country. Now, all that said, I really like that song. I love the intro. Uh, I'm not a big fan of intros, but I love that intro. And I loved a lot of things about that song. And I think that that song could work very, very well in the context of film and TV. I think that... I mean, there are certainly people who are smarter about this subject than I. I think that song is cuttable by a, a country artist. Just saying. Anyway, I love it. Um, so there we have it. Um, we still don't know. Uh, frankly, I was so busy uh, being sick, cleaning my office up after the flood, and uh, it, it smells like a, a locker in here. It smells like a 16-year-old boy's bedroom <laughs> It really does. It's kind of musty and crummy smelling. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, we know some of the stuff got forwarded to the ad agency. We don't know what the outcome of that will be. Um, by the way, I know some of you, again, talking about the bandwidth today's show. I'm telling you, I've got it hardwired on this end. I'm running medium bandwidth. I've tried low bandwidth. I've tried high bandwidth. I've tried everything we can do. I really think... It depends on which servers that Ustream is pinging you to, because it's not consistent for everybody. It's just some people. So anyway, um, that's it. I can see people dropping out of the chat room like flies. My song didn't get played, so I'm leaving. I don't care if I learn anything today. I'm just leaving because my song didn't get played. So, okay, fair enough. I get it. That's what everybody was here for. Um, Oh, man, I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff I've seen in there. Anyway, thank you, guys. Um, you know, uh, we work really... If I totaled up the man hours, person hours being politically correct, which I'm um, probably not always, but the person hours that we spent getting that ready, getting uh, both of those listings ready to go out the door, screening the music, talking to Australia... Um, discussions that happen among the staff, we really couldn't have worked any harder for you guys. Frankly, most companies would just said, ah, screw it, let's not run that listing. But uh, we wanted to put it out there. Uh, uh, and we're hoping, you know, maybe something that got forwarded uh, in that batch of nine that went out from the second batch. Hopefully something will land. We'd love to see a taxi member get a paycheck for this. So now that I know this isn't a two-part episode, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, 
about <laughs> for next week's show. Somebody said, have Robin write a, a book about updating your songs and your sound. Uh, by the way, we've covered it. Look at some of the um, Taxi TV episodes. I think we did one right before the road rally, probably in mid to late October of 2016. If you go back and look at the archives, we did one on Sounding Contemporary. Um, that's it. Um, thank you, Martin J. Frog. I love this show. I learned so much. Good show, good info, several good songs. It was cool. Uh, Mojo Bone is getting faced. I put the lime in the coconut, drink a bowl up. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for checking us out today. We will see you next week for who knows what for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Until then, bye-bye, you guys. The audience goes crazy twice. <laughs>